Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brent. And this episode, we're going to meet Kathy in the cafeteria to wash down some Russian caviar with Budweiser, because it's SST 178, the Painted Willie Relics album. It's been a long time since we've had some Painted Willie on. Um, technically speaking, since episodes 107 and 108, but those weren't actually SST releases. The I think the actual last time we had Painted Willie on was the Upside Downtown episode SST 98. So it's been a long time. It's a cool story. Painted Willie, of course, they were a big part of SST and all those legendary tours with Black Flag and you know all the pictures back then. People are wearing Painted Willie shirts. Yep. It's very cool to get back into some Willie. Sure is. Brent, why don't you hit us with some spiels? Don't mind if I do. Ryan Elliott Sharp has a cool piece up on the Please Kill Me website. I think it's pleasekillme.com, uh, which he frequently uh, contributes to, by the way. That's like the book, right? The book website yeah. that, like, the oral history of New York punk That's book. Right. Yeah. And there's the related website where people are contributing blog articles and stuff. Yeah, so his piece is on the history of a style of music which came out of Vietnam called Vong Co. It's guitar-based music played on, you know, played on, you know, traditional guitars uh, with heavily scalloped frets. Like oh, okay. To bend, yeah, yeah. bend the sounds. Uh, very psychedelic sounding. There's several great YouTube clips, you know, attached to his article that he wrote with some of his favorite players. Uh, so you can check that out. But here's the interesting part. He's talking about how in the late 80s, he was researching this music and thinking of putting something out on his label, Zor. And he says in the article, at the time I had been in discussion with SST Records about Zor operating under their umbrella. And this collection would be one of the first releases. However, with great turmoil overwhelming the relations between SST and its artists, dooming our cooperative venture, Eternal Voices, traditional Vietnamese music in the United States, was not released until 1993, and then by New Alliance Records. So, ah. that, so that was a double CD, New Alliance 53, Eternal Voices. But interesting to note, you know, that Zor... I wonder what he means by operating under the SST umbrella, like almost like a new cruise or new alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, issues records. Have you heard this uh, double disc? No, it sounds interesting. I've never heard it. I got I don't know anything about that type of music, but if it's like, you know, Vietnamese psychedelic music, that'd be cool to check out. Yeah. Okay. Ryan. I'm all the way down now with these virtual concerts. I bought tickets to DOA Rocks the Rickshaw. Okay. <laughs> June 25th through 27th. It's a live stream as well as a Q&A with Joe. You can head over to SuddenDeath.com and grab your tickets. And while you're there, Ryan, pick up a copy of the 40th anniversary edition of DOA's monumental 1981 classic, Hardcore 81. Yeah, no kidding. And what other amazing Canadian band cd should they pick up brent do it probably pigment vehicle murders only foreplay when you're hot for revenge exactly get yeah. that pigment vehicle disc while you're there yep ryan much like he's done with the treacherous jaywalkers band camp josh hayden has been adding live shows to the spain band camp yeah uh that's the band he formed after treacherous of course he just put up an amazing show from la october 25th 2016 with 
guests Matt Demerit, a saxophonist who played with uh, Spain quite a bit, and guitarist Joe Biza. The absolute highlight is an extended 28-minute version of the Spain song World of Blue. So uh, there's other sets from the residency they had at this venue called The Love Song, some with his sisters, uh, some with Sander Schloss. But that one with Joe Biza is awesome, so check it out. Cool. Real quick, Ryan, I just need to dip into The Comp Zone. Live at the Knitting Factory, Volume 3 from 1990. So we start out with Dr. Nerve. That's uh, Nick Didkowski. I've talked about him before. Avant-Garde Rock Group. They released the record Loud last year, featuring guitar playing by Henry Kaiser, Mike Keneally, Matt Hollenberg, Andy Hawkins of Blind mm. God and others. Yeah. This is a killer track with a full band, uh, horns, Nick tearing shit up on guitar. Just a killer opening track. Then we've got this band called No Safety. It's an interesting song almost like folky jazz. More people from that New York avant-garde scene, uh, you know, people from Curlew, God is My Co-Pilot, V-Effect. Mm -hmm. Gentle, Safe, and Natural is a band. Has this really scronkin' jam with Arto Lindsay on guitar and Melvin Gibbs on bass again. The Thomas Chapin Trio. They have a bunch of albums on Knit Knitting Factory Works, which is the Knitting Factory label. A pretty cool, like, straightforward jazz. I'd like to hear more from them. Negative Land, You Must Choose, a live version, which kind of morphs into the that track, The Playboy Channel, off of oh, yeah. Escape from Noise. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Ross's The Overflow, a cool avant-garde jazz jam, Melvin again, laying down the low end. Brandon Ross is a guitarist, and he can really play. I'd like to hear more by him, too. The clarinet player on that is Don Byron, and the next track is Don Byron, plays the music of Mickey Katz. Mickey was a clarinet player and comedian specializing in Jewish humor. Uh, he played klezmer music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it sounds like something you'd hear at a Jewish wedding, for sure. Yep, yep. Merrily Crispel and Andrew Cyril Duet. It's a drums and bass jazz jam, so that's pretty cool. And then tracks 9 and 10 are two tracks from this band, Slan, S-L-A-N. Total stuff all over the tree it's zorn plus ted epstein of blind idiot god on drums and then e sharp on guitar so as you can imagine that track's just total insanity both of them are actually <laughs> yeah. yeah uh and then no safety again this track is way cooler than the first one it's way heavier and way noisier they have albums too so definitely need to investigate further into the band no safety no safety yeah, yeah. well that's a great name for an avant-garde band yeah that's what i have ryan Right on. My turn? Your turn. Okay, Brant. This is not an edition of my top ten. Okay. It's an edition of my... Last ten? No, it's actually an edition of my next ten. Mm. These are my next ten releases new that I want to check out. And I don't think we've mentioned any of these, but I wanted to, uh, to hip the folks to these ones and to you to see if you have uh, heard of these or checking these out too i'm interested so here we go my next 10 ready okay, ready okay number 10 unsane improvised munitions this is their unreleased record from 1989 this is with charlie on drums too uh, it's lamb unlimited records uh put this out crazy story how they found like a test pressing and now are releasing it with a couple of demo tracks too 
really looking forward to checking out some long lost Unsane. Yeah, I heard about this release, but yeah, haven't heard it. Going to way on the other end of the spectrum, perhaps. I'm also pumped to check out the Deja Vu 40th anniversary four disc set by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Tons of unreleased and alternative versions on that. I'm still a fan. I can't wait to check out some unreleased CSNY. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, Orphan Goggles. Perfect Specimen is the record. This is Noise Experimental Rock from LA. This is their third full length. It's self-released, always digging some Orphan Goggles when they put something out. They've got some, uh, at least one split single with Qui, Q-U-I as well, that to give you kind of a sense of uh, what type of genre they are related to. Love me some Orphan Goggles. Uh, Next is a double disc set, Zappa 88, the last U.S. show. This is not my favorite era of Zappa, but arguably it's on the tree because Bruce Fowler is on trombone on this recording. And this is uh, the era of the band that used to play a version of Stairway to Heaven. And there is a version on this double live album. So looking forward to checking that out. Cool. I wonder if it's got Mike Keneally on guitar. I don't recall. I don't recall. Because he played with Zappa at some point towards the end of his career Mm. it's like with ike ike willis i think is the guy on the main guitar guy at that time like i said i don't really i don't really go deeply into the late zappa um where it's like the rock version um there's a there's just a lot of electronic drums and synthesizers for me that are hard to kind of stomach sometimes the later era zappa stuff that i like is the classical stuff actually all right next a new record by the band dead called Up Yours on We Empty Rooms. This is that duo from Australia, Noise Rock again. This is the follow-up to their cool 2020 album, Raving and Drooling. Looking forward to checking out some new Dead. All right, next is Fiddlehead. This is not the Fiddlehead from Georgia, from Atlanta, Georgia, who put out some records on Allied Records way back in the 90s. This is the new Fiddlehead from Boston, Massachusetts. The new record is called Between the Richness. I love these guys. It's post-hardcore, kind of a later era, discord, quicksand type of sound. Maybe like an early moving mountains sound. Totally love Fiddlehead. Looking forward to this record. Next is Part Chimp. This is another noise band. Their new record, Drool, on Learning Curve Records. This is a follow-up to their Cheap Thriller record. Um, These guys are from London. They've got a, a really cool different vibe in the modern noise rock genre looking forward to that one next up is daddy longhead the new record is called twinkle this is jd pincus's band from butthole surfers and melvins this is their fourth album they put out some records on actually maybe this is their fifth um i might be getting that wrong but i know they have some records on touch and go and man's ruin but looking forward to some new daddy longhead almost everything that jd pincus touches is something worth checking out this is on Onama Media Group, this record, but you can just get it on their Bandcamp. Second last in my next 10, I, th- I feel like we may have not actually mentioned this, but we should have, and that's the new record by Human Impact. They have collected all of their uh, lockdown EPs onto a record coming out on Ipecac, plus some additional tracks, and this record is called EP01. Human Impact. We both loved that record last year, so yeah. this one will be good too. 
And then last, but definitely not least, might be the one that I'm most interested in hearing, actually, out of all these, um, because I've been watching and waiting for it to be released. But it's finally, we've got a release date now, the new Naked Ray Gun, Over the Overlords. This is their first record since their 1990 Ray Gun, Naked Ray Gun release. First new tracks since the uh, the Riot Fest singles mm-hmm. from 2009 to 2011. There's a double LP version of this record. Gotta get the new Naked Ray Gun. It's hard to imagine it won't be awesome. Yeah. When's that coming out? Well, I think you can get it digitally like uh, I want to say July, August, and then it probably won't show up in the mail for me until, I don't know, December. (laughs) I'm all over that, man. Yeah, that's going to be killer. That's my next 10. Right on. You want to go over to the cafeteria? I think Kathy's waiting for us. (laughs) History lesson, part one. So, like I said, it's been a while since we've had Painted Willie on. They are, of course, that SST band that... um, play some great punk rock, more on the rock side, definitely some tongue-in-cheek type of music, but uh, very cool. We had Dave Markey on way back too, right? What episode was that? Do you remember? Yeah, well, I have all the, I think, all the Painted Willie we've heard here. So we first heard them. Oh, okay. First heard them on Blasting Concept 2, episode 43. Well, you're going comp track. Yep. Whoa. Uh, then on episode 57, Mind Bowling from 1986, where we had Dave Markey. Ah, that's the one. And then episode 62, Love Dolls Superstar soundtrack. Right. Episode 85, Live from Van Nuys, also from 86. And then episode 98, Upside Downtown, their final record from 87. And as you mentioned, Ryan, the original plan with SST was catalog numbers 107 and 108 were supposed to be the my Fellow Americans and self-titled 7-inch SST reissues, but it, it never happened as planned. So almost all of those tra- all of those tracks, actually, except for one, are on this compilation. For the 12-inch in single, the Spinhead releases, I know they weren't re-released by SST. Did S- SST distro that stock, though? They I did, think yeah. so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I don't remember how much we covered about uh, Painted Willie, but I have a little history lesson, and this is all from Dave's website. We got powerfilms.com. We should lay that groundwork again because it's been a while. Okay. In early 1984, I was living in the back of a storefront on Burbank Boulevard in North Hollywood that I had helped construct an 8-track recording studio in. The place was dubbed Spinhead, and it was owned by Phil Newman, the bassist of Sin 34. Sin 34, Ryan, is... We've talked about them for sure before. That was Dave and Phil's band, pre-Painted Willie. Phil was also living there and attempting to run the studio as a business, but having a difficult time. Sin 34 would also rehearse there, in addition to a few other bands like America's Hardcore and Bad Religion. I recall Phil had a side band going for a while with Greg Graffin of Bad Religion called Glacier. Hmm. I think some of that material ended up being Bad Religion material later on. We had no shower or hot water. Bathing was done in the industrial backyard with a garden hose. The only kitchen facility was a hot plate. I was working as a punk rock extra in movies while I was making my own movie, Desperate Teenage Love Dolls, during this time. From all my extra work, 
I can be seen most clearly in the frame with Helen Hunt in the 1980s instantly forgettable comedy, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a punk rock extra in Penelope Spheris' classic tale of Southern California punk misfits in suburbia. Sin 34 was having a difficult time during this period. We were on the verge of breaking up, and the tensions between the band members was high. Julie had gotten into speed and then heroin during this time. Mike was also getting into hard drugs too. Phil and I were just into psychedelics at the time, so we related through that experience. We had grown tired of the restrictions of the hardcore scene, which was crashing and burning all around us anyhow. We thought we could do more with music. I remember we were listening a lot to The Fall at this time. Sid Barrett, era Pink Floyd, The Stones, Satanic Majesty's Request, Hendrix, Blue Cheer. This was the shit that was moving us at the time. Mm. Phil and I wanted to do a side project somewhere along the lines of this kind of music, fused with the hardcore we had previously covered with Sin 34. We had been playing for a few years now and had grown leaps and bounds musically. Part of it was having the studio to play in 24-7. It was great. I really miss that, even though the times were real lean and very dark. We were friends with Vic Makuskis of the band St. Vitus Dance Band, and he had been over a few times to jam with us. His band was also on the verge of disintegration, as were a lot of the hardcore bands of Southern California that year. SVDB were a lot more poppy, catchy, crunchy type SoCal punk than hardcore. I remember they were a pretty tight live band with a definite damned bent. We had also met this kooky Canadian named Nick Delaney, who had just come to L.A. in search of the punk rock and roll dream. He was an eccentric and very awkward socially, but his guitar playing and songwriting was extremely unique. He was in a few bands from his native Vancouver, Canada, namely No Exit and East Van Halen. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a reference to East Vancouver, of course. I love that. Yep. Nick was out of his mind and never touched a drug in his life. He took to calling himself Will at this time, after the name of the band, of course. I remember he shaved his head except for a small circle on the top, which he dyed blue with a black center. He would later explain this was the island on his head. He would affix a cocktail umbrella to the center of it and claim to take naps there in the late afternoon. Somewhere around this time, Sin 34 falls apart. We would regroup a few months later with the offer of a big gig, in quotation marks, at the Olympic Auditorium opening for Fear and the Circle Jerks. I think we played once more at the Cafe de Grande before the band finally rested, once and for all. No effects would open that show for us. I believe it was one of their first gigs. So Phil and I started Painted Willie as a four-piece, two guitars, Vic and Nick, and Phil and I on bass and drums respectively. Phil had dubbed the band Painted Willie from a 1950s thesaurus he had found in a thrift store. Apparently, it was an old English acronym for homosexual, or more approximately, transvestite. Right before our first show, Vic dropped out of the band. Apparently, his straightforward rock guitar playing didn't jibe with the wild avant-garde stylings of Willie, as in Nick. Willie was getting more and more out there, with so much energy and ideas constantly exuding from him. It grew hard to tell if he was a genius or a complete freak. I guess we found our own Sid. So we debuted as a three-piece and quickly recorded a three-song, one song from each member, seven-inch EP simply titled Painted Willie, Spinhead 03, at our own home rehearsal recording studio, Spinhead. Mm 
The band had a hard time getting gigs. It seems the Sin 34 fans were mixed on this decidedly different musical outing. There was a fair amount of airplay on K-Rock's Rodney on the Rock show of the single, but the music scene in LA in 1984 was just a little whack. All of the clubs had closed, and punk rock, post-punk, post-hardcore, whatever you wanted to call it, had no venues after the cafe shut its doors. It was in that time I first heard the word alternative, and it was used in a review in Option magazine to describe our debut single. It may have been used previously somewhere, but I had never seen it. It only took a month or two of Nick's living with us in that crammed back room of Spinhead for tensions to come to a boiling point. It was kind of like the Jim Jarmusch movie Down by Law. In June of 84, my Love Dolls movie was screened for the first time in Spinhead Studios. It was around this time that Phil and I had given Nick his notice. As much as I liked the guy and his songs, he was just too much to live with. I think Phil was adamant about booting him, and I was more or less in agreement. So Nick was out, and it was back to basics. We recorded a 12-inch EP at this point as a two-piece. Phil played the guitar parts, and quite amazingly at that. I took the photograph that graces the simple black and white cover. It was a homeless man, who was actually a friend from the hardcore Okie Dog days, Lino Lousy, from the band Crankshaft, in downtown LA's Skid Row covered in an American flag. We titled the EP My Fellow Americans, Spinhead 04. The LA 1984 Olympics were underway. Ronald Reagan was reigning supreme in the White House. This would be Painted Willie's decidedly most political record in the band's brief three-year history. For the few live shows we played in 1984, Phil and I once again enlisted our, our old friend Mike Vallejo of Circle One on guitar. He was also an early guitarist in Sin 34. We played a hall show adjacent to MacArthur Park in downtown LA and a show at Mabuhe Gardens as part of a maximum rock and roll night. In early 1985, Vic Makuskas would rejoin the band and we would quickly write a whole new set of material. The band became more straightforward punk rock than our quirky origins with Makuskas back in the fold. In fact, his guitar work was downright metal, especially his guitar leads that earned him the not-so-flattering nickname of Ingvik, named after the noodler supreme Ingve Malmsteen. That spring, two separate demo sessions would yield the band a record contract with SST Records and a six-month national tour with my all-time heroes Black Flag in 1986. Yep. So yeah, this was released in 1988 after the band split up on LP and cassette. I think we're pretty firmly in 1988 now, Ryan, at this point. Yeah, I would agree. As usual with SST, we're working ourselves backwards (laughs) using cynicism. Yeah. Yeah. So. Can I hit you with uh, the Spaceman spiel from the catalog on this release? Yeah, man. So... Be prepared, though, because it is rife with inside jokes and wording that I don't understand, and I'm probably not going to say it right, okay? Yep. So here's what it said. Painted Willie relics. Gramps was sitting in his rocker, talking about the good old days. Back off, pinheads, he said. What's this bogus wimp rock lameness that you're listening to? You 21st century kids don't know what rock is about. Gramps then whipped out this disc called Relics. Solar flare rock as hard as the moon. To freeze much! Exclamation point. 
Hmm. I definitely don't know what to freezeem much means. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like Gramps is pulling out some old Painted Willy tracks to uh, show the kids what it means to really rock, I guess. SST-178, LP and cassette, $7.50. Nice. Let's check out these tracks, man. History Lesson, Part 2. Okay, Ryan, I got some stuff from Dave Markey, too, to help us with these tracks, and a few bits and pieces from his website as well. Nice. So track one, side one, how do you play guitar? Good question. Yeah. You can hear some studio sounds, someone shouting, go, and it sounds like someone dropping a light bulb or something. (laughs) (laughs) Some acoustic guitar, some keys, played by Dave, by the way, guitar and keys. This one's got Dave on vocals. This was an improvised track. Phil and I recorded the bass and drums and then went back and recorded vocals, guitar, and keyboards over it in one take. There's a part at the end where there's something that comes up from a previous recording on the reused tape. It's drums and vocals, and it's not us. It was some wannabe Sunset Strip metal band that Phil had recorded. We left it on there for some weird reason. So this is probably done during the My Fellow Americans era, Ryan, because it's just Phil and Dave. Yep, I agree. Yeah. It's a very no wave noise sound to me. Like this could actually fit on some, you know, early eighties New York comps almost. Yeah, it's kind of the perfect way to start a painted Willie compilation, just like an eight minute improvised jam. Yep. It's a we it's a really weird opening track. Like, you know, if this was your introduction to Painted Willie, if Gramps was putting this on for the kids, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as as the spaceman says. I'm not sure the kids would be uh, convinced right off of the bat for the first eight minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I say it's perfect because it kind of, yep. you know, it's kind of a fuck you almost. And yep. So so this would have been an unreleased track at this point. Yeah. I, I don't think it appears anywhere else other than this record. Yeah. Okay. Track two, American Instrumental. This is the last track on the My Fellow Americans 12-inch and it's called MFA on that release. It's, as far as I can tell, like the exact same mix of the, of the vocal version of the song, like just with the vocals taken out. Yeah. Kind of like a dirgy jam with some chorus on the bass. It, this again is the duo of Dave and Phil. And I should say when I mean remixed, or when I say it's not remixed, Ryan, what I mean is like all of these tracks off the 7-inch and 12-inch were remixed for the compilation, Dave told me. Oh yeah, you can tell. It's yeah. it's the same it's the same tracks, the same takes yeah. on the track, but they have been remixed. There you know, things are higher and lower in the mix. I was wondering that though, like now that you say that cuz it I was wondering, oh, has it all just been remastered, but it makes a lot more sense that it was remixed. Dave also told me he prefers the original mixes to the ones on Relics. Yeah. This, it's funny you mentioned Dave being an extra in Suburbia because if you listen to Relics and you're prepping for the show, you also need to listen to the 12-inch. And if you listen to Relics in the 12-inch, you actually hear a version of this song like four times altogether. And the thing that was coming to my mind is this would be a great, track on the suburbia soundtrack i was actually like thinking that the sound of this song would be great 
you know, music mm-hmm. as they're like, you know, walking in a pack down the street or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's got the Alex Gibson stuff from Passionelle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> okay, track three, Whiplash. This has got Nick on vocals. This track is taken from the very first Painted Willie demo from 84. So it's the Nick Delaney era of the group. The entire demo, Ryan, is on YouTube. It's seven tracks, 13 and a half minutes. Dave told me there's a Phil song called Exploit Yourself from this session that should have been included on this comp. That entire demo is killer. Yeah, it only appears, I think, on vinyl on this record, right? It's a cool mid-tempo punk rocker almost like the guitar has almost got like a honky tonk feel to it a bit i don't know if that was the kind of the vibe they're going for but it's what what struck me yeah track four ragged army this is again nick on vocals the lead track off of their first single vic is out of the band it's the dave phil nick trio here this is the song you were referencing with the uh, i'll meet you in the cafeteria kathy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, this is such a cool song, uh, cool structure. This is a Nick song, as Dave says. His best song by far. It's a gritty and unique record with odd time signatures and quirky arrangements. You can hear a bit of the dirge creeping in at this point too, Ryan. Yeah, it's another mid-tempo punk rocker, but with some funky breaks and gang vocals. I also really liked the bass playing on it there's some cool phil newman upper register bass playing on this track that i was digging yeah track five is max hasseld just a 30 second snippet uh sounds like it's from the how do you play guitar track mm-hmm. with some backwards effects added on yeah synths and backwards taping yeah. matt what do they do they call that like tape masking no what do they call that when it's backward masking well, that's, call it? that's just for when you want to put satanic messages in records. <laughs> okay, this is just tape manipulation then. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but then we go into the killer song, Kill It, written by Phil. It's with Phil on vocals. This is off the B-side of that debut single. The live version of this was our ballot result pick for the Live from Van Nuys record. Mm, no way. Yeah, I th- forgot about that. It's a good track. Yeah, it's a totally killer rocker. This is the Phil, Dave, and Nick lineup. Then we flip the record over and we've got a a really great song called Crossed Fingers. This has got Dave on vocals. We heard this also on the live EP. Uh, It's the opening track on on that live from Van Nuys. Yep. This is from the My Fellow Americans record. So it's the duo. Dave says, Yours truly warbling my lyrics of genuine hope versus direct action. It's one of my favorite songs I have ever recorded. Phil wrote the music, and it was created during the early years of Sin 34. I remember Julie's version of the song. It was called It's the Great Punkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah, I like this track too. Get the pun? Punkin? Like, no, no, I don't get it, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great pun. It's a great pun. Great song, though. I like it a lot. Cool bass chords, but a really eerie riff, too, that I like. Yeah. Then track two, America Revisited. This is the track off My Fellow Americans. Uh, all of these tracks from the 12-inch and 7-inch were all remixed, as I said, by Phil and Dave. This opens the EP, yep. the original EP. Dave says, 
with a dirgy but catchy instrumental with a political discourse layered over the top of it. So this is one of the most interesting tracks. The left wing, this is from Dave, the left wing discussion is mixed to the left channel and is spoken by the Dutch band BGK. The right wing claptrap is on the right channel and it's spoken by various girlfriends of the band, one notably Jennifer Finch of L7. They were not speaking seriously of their political leanings. Phil and I had them had told them to be as conservative as they could imagine being. So on the record it says Laura, Alex, Jennifer, Hans, Jana, and Eric. Laura was Phil's sister. Alex was a friend uh, who was also one of the female voices. Hans, jo- Jana, and Eric were again from the Dutch band BGK, BGK yeah. who were visiting Painted Willy while they were on tour. Totally awesome band. I highly recommend their comp on Alternative Tentacles, by the way. A Dutch Feast. The Complete Works. And uh, Dave also told me, uh, not listed here, Bad Religion drummer Bobby A. is on here as the voice of Reagan, which I'm assuming is the treated voice. The robot vocoder type of whatever sound. Yeah. Yeah, they mentioned the Olympics too, a lot. Mm Mm-hmm which, as I said, were happening at this time in L.A. Yeah, so get the hell out. Yeah. Okay, then we've got Republican Sunburn. This is Dave on vocals. It's called Republican Suntan on My Fellow Americans. Mm -hmm. Dave says, A punk, funky, anti-Ronnie Reagan song I wrote and sang. It's decidedly lighthearted and comic relief. You got Phil Ryan doing some slapping and popping. Yeah. I love the fake ending on this song. I'm always a sucker for a fake ending. Yeah, the vocals are kind of like rap vocals a bit too. Like it's full on funky rap. And it actually reminded me of some tracks like this by Chemical People around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, Ronald Reagan screwed up, man. He belongs in the garbage can. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next track, Paper Tiger. This is Dave on vocals. The... This is the last track that we haven't heard yet from the debut single. They did one by each member, so this is Dave's track. He says, A definite Meat Puppets 2 influence midsection, which you can totally hear if you Oh yeah, you for sure. Yeah. Good call. I thought I mean there is definitely a slow middle section, but I hadn't made the Meat Puppets connection. Good one. Yeah. It's a pretty short song. It's just a little over a minute long. And then we've got Swelling Gel with Dave, I guess, on vocals in quotation marks. He says, this was recorded around the same time as My Fellow Americans. It was an instant composition, made up on the spot and committed to tape. Almost live, but again, just Phil and I first recording the bass and drums and then laying guitar and vocals over it. When I say vocals in quotation marks, this is the one where it's like someone running into a neighbor or something on the street. Hmm. It kind of reminds me lyrically of the Firehose song, You and Me Membering. Oh, yeah, member? Yeah. There, I mean, technically, it is vocals. It's just not singing. Yeah. Yeah, the backing stuff almost reminds me of, like, Sonic Youth a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. Again, Phil Newman playing some cool bass chords or me- melodies for me. I, I've not noticed that before this record as much in terms of Phil's bass playing. And then track six, Personality 85. 
This is the only track on this comp with Vic Makuskis on it. He's on guitar and vocals. We heard this in a later mm-hmm. and longer version on SST98, Upside Downtown. It's 13 minutes on that record. Here it's only five. Yeah. Dave says, the original version was basically a live improvised track after Nick left and Vic rejoined. It was originally slated to be on a touch-and-go comp, but but the signing to SST prevented that. It just didn't fit with the vibe on Mind Bowling. Oh, no way. And as I mentioned, Ryan, there's a track off of My Fellow Americans called Part 2 that's really cool and was left off of this compilation. I asked Dave if he knew why, and he said, I'm not sure. This was not intended to be a complete anthology, he said. I pretty much compiled the tracks for this myself at Spinhead. Dave says, these first two EPs contain the band's strongest material, although the subsequent SST releases are not without their moments. You know what we need, Ryan, is Numero Group to do a Painted Willy box set. Like, disc, disc one could be the two SST studio releases. Okay. Mind Bowling and Upside Downtown. Disc two is like the complete Live from Van Nuys. <laughs> like all of it, not just the six yeah. songs or whatever. And, uh, you know, the the seven inch and the 12 inch and the on the tracks from Relics that are not off of those releases. Uh, and, you know, like the tracks off of the Melting Plot, the Blasting Concept 2, Love uh, Calls. Yeah. And then Disc 3 is the 84 demos and the Mind Bowling demos. Ah. Uh, I wonder if... I was, I'm just trying to think like what comp, what touch and go comp would this have went on? I'm thinking maybe the God's favorite dog comp, maybe from 86, that might be the right one. Yeah, maybe. That this, that, that track might've been slated for. It's really hard to think about like what, cause I mean, there's, there's touch and go samplers, right? But then there's like compilations and that's what this would have been on. I bet you it is. God's favorite dog. Let us know, Dave. Yeah. The artwork, Ryan, is really awesome. I just love it. Dave did all the artwork front and back. Uh, He said the front is a postcard from Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico. Mm. Yep. He says, for those who have read Joe Cole's Planet Joe, the passage about this place on the 86 in my head tour should be familiar with the backstory here. So I actually grabbed Planet Joe off my bookshelf and read that chapter. And yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. They they go into Carlsbad Caverns, they drop acid all of them, and spend like eight hours in Carlsbad Caverns, just tripping <laughs> balls and like the you know it's all the people off that tour, like the band members and then like Davo and Ratman and Oh man. Mitch Burry. I bet you all of the the stalactites and the dripping and everything like that I'm sure would have uh, fit quite nicely with that type of experience. Oh yeah. Joe tells a story about standing under one and letting mineral water just drip all over him while like a security <laughs> guard just glares at him. They <laughs> they had like security following them around all day. I haven't read Planet Joe for over ten years, so yeah. I wish I would. I wish I would have known that. I'll have to go check it out. What page is that on? Do you remember what page? Yeah, it's on. Don't, it's don't on, make me go searching. Tell me what page it's on. I've got it right here. It's on page twenty-eight. Boom! I'm in. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. 
yeah, so that's really interesting. I love the 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 front cover art. And Dave says he used rub off lettering, stuff that I had left over from my fanzine days, is what he says. Oh, would that be like is that Letracell? Is that probably, what that is? Probably, yeah. Letraset. Yeah. Letraset or cell. Can't remember. Yeah. Uh, the stuff on the back, he says, was sourced from magazines, books, and manuals. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Michael Jack or the the MJ, that's Michael Jackson. So that's uh, a letter that was published in People magazine. I actually looked it up. You can see it. Um, that's a, a handwritten letter that Michael Jackson sent in to People in October of '87, uh, addressing his critics. Hmm. I was I couldn't really make hide nor hair of some of these other images. They almost look like collage art. Some of them. Yeah, they're just taken from wherever. Like if you go top left and go clockwise yep you've got like a lizard person almost looks like a slee stack maybe some sort of weird baby or fetus looks like preserved in amber dripping downwards but maybe flipped over yeah um some weird cat in this psychedelic little tube or funnel with like a, a collar on another weird like I'm guessing kind of like a, a cheap uh, Halloween costume where, you know, taken from some character, you know, from a TV show or a comic book or something where like, you know, you get the pants, the shirt and the mask and the mask is the face of the guy on the shirt too. Is that a roulette wheel? It might be. Yeah, I can't read it. I can't read the symbols. I was wondering what it might be. I mean, it's got eight little sections where I think there is a symbol there. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's, I was thinking it might be, you know, like Pisces, Sagittarius, Taurus, blah, blah, blah. But I just can't make it out. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a roulette wheel. Um, I think the roulette wheels have more spots, but maybe not. Um, then like, baby feet looks like probably toy baby feet or something within some hands kind of looks like the plastic surgery disasters cover almost kind of got that type of vibe some uh, uh, a devil lady another kind of maybe halloween costume yep. which uh, some overexposed red film action going on the the center image is by a country mile my favorite oh, which yeah. is like some amazing you know triceratops lion lunging multi-headed lion lunging out of the ocean this image has got to be airbrushed onto the side of a van like yeah. that is that is what this needs to have happen and it's wearing armor too this is like out of a sci-fi like is it wearing oh, armor oh like yeah on the horns and stuff yeah. it or looks like it something was... out of like heavy metal magazine or something Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely heavy metal. Then, like, some workers going into the field with their scythes, their, uh, to, their sickles to go and cut down the wheat. In the bottom right hand, it looks like some kids from, like, the 50s doing some experiment. Hard to tell what that's on. Uh, moving on, then, it looks like one of those Chinese festival dragons, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Above that, a an alligator, just a random alligator. And then above that, 
what looks to be a labyrinth with some person in the shadows entering it. And then right next to that, kind of over top of Michael Jackson's letter is, you know, the uh, the drama and comedy masks in theater. It's the looks to be the comedy mask, I it's, would say. It's from Motley Crue's Theater of Pain, right? <laughs> sorry i guess i was being way too high class there i wonder if that's the maze off the shining it kind of looks like it uh but that was a uh like a hedge maze wasn't it yeah that's not no this looks this looks like um cement yeah or clay or mud or something but uh who knows i mean it's uh it's a pretty small image it's not like high def or anything and then like a pinwheel with the Michael Jackson letter. Mm, right. Yeah, underneath it. Yeah. Giving off some spirograph vibes, maybe. It's great artwork. Thanks to Dave for answering all my questions and contributing to this episode and all the Painted Willie episodes for that matter. Yeah. This is the last one, hey, except for some comps. I think they're on Melting Plot or Melting... Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, wait, Dead Wax. Before the ballot result. Oh, Dead yeah, Wax? Yeah. Yes? Okay. So on Relics, this is what it says. On side A, it says, explain that cloud of smoke above your heads. All right. And then on side B, it says, Carol rocks far out in quotation marks. Hmm. So that's the Relics. Do you want uh, some spinhead Dead Wax? Absolutely. Okay. So there's only dead wax on the single, though, unfortunately. Nothing on the 12-inch. On side one of the Ragged Army single, Spinhead Records, it says, Will is dead. Nick is boring. And then on side B, it says, Dedicated to the memory of Steve. All right. Ballot result? Yeah. Ballot result. All right, man. Lay it on me. Well, my favorites were Kill It, Ragged Army, and Crossed Fingers. I figured you would be going with the Spinhead releases. Yeah. I'd probably go with Crossed Fingers as my fave of those let's, three. Let's do it. Okay. Dunzo. Right on. Ryan, what's next week? Next week, Brant, we're going back to hr again it's sst 179 the it's about love ep awesome hey everyone thanks for listening you can find us on facebook instagram twitter tumblr all at mojack pod we post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show our blog is mojackpod.com please check it out for some exclusive content if you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.